Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Turn with me in the word of the Lord to the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. Thank you. Uh, Chapter 42. Praise the Lord. Is anybody ready for the word this morning? Amen. Chapter 42, and we will start reading at verse 35. And then we'll flip over to Genesis 45 and read, start at verse 1. Verse 35, and it came to pass, as they emptied their sacks... That behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when both they and their father saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. And Jacob, their father, said unto them, Me have ye bereaved of my children. Joseph is not, and Simeon is not. And ye will take Benjamin away. All these things are against me. And Reuben spake unto his father, saying, Slay my two sons, if I bring not to thee. Deliver him into my hand, and I will bring him to thee again. And he said, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he is left alone. If mischief befall him by the way in the which ye go, then shall ye bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. How many know Jacob was expecting the worst? And the famine was sore in the land. And it came to pass, when they had eaten up the corn which they had brought out of Egypt, their father said unto them, Go again, buy us a little food. Amen. Now let's go over to Genesis 45. Verse number 1. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither. For God did send me before you 
to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall neither be earring nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Amen. I want to re- I want to preach to you this morning on this subject, the purpose of hunger. The purpose of hunger. I wonder if we could just lay our Bibles down for a moment, just lift our hands to the Lord and just begin to pray right now. Lift your voices right where you're at. Every person in the building, God, what do you need from the Lord today? In the name of Jesus, come on. Open your heart to him. I need you to speak to me, Lord. Speak into my life, God. I open my heart to your word. Cause me to see what I need to see and hear what I need to hear. Come on, pray for the preacher this morning. God, I pray your anointing would be up on the preacher today, God, that you would unction him into a vein of the anointing that would lead us, lead me straight to the heart of these people, Lord, and what thus saith the Lord. Let there be a prophetic utterance in this house today. Echo your voice, Lord. Thunder your voice in this house. We'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. purpose of hunger. Every one of us today understand uh, what it is to be hungry uh, physically. Somebody say, I'm, I'm hungry. Amen. How many of you ate breakfast this morning? Whew. Tough crowd. That means there's a time limit. Amen. Because your your belly can only take so long. Somebody say amen. Somebody, I heard somebody say, I'm hangry. That means I'm so hungry that I'm angry. Let me know what I'm talking about. Amen. When you get hungry, you get irritable. Amen. You start to to, to snap and and growl at folks. Amen. Sometimes I get hungry. I'm like a grizzly bear. Amen. You get a hold of somebody that's into a three-day fast. Amen. And you're going to find out how much flesh they have left. Amen. Because you're, you, when, when you begin to get hungry, everything in your body begins to tell you that you're hungry. Amen. It's a, it's a natural uh, chemical reaction for your brain to alert you to eat. Amen. How many know that when you start feeling hungry, that's your body relert, alerting you that, uh, that it's time for you to put something in me for this 
for the sake of self-preservation. Amen. Uh, there's times where my wife, and this is kind of crazy. I don't know if there's anybody else like this in the room, but there's times where my wife will sit down to eat dinner and she'll be like, I didn't even eat today. I forgot to eat today. Man, some of us, we need that problem, don't we? <laughs> Amen. I'm like, I'll look at Luke and be like, how do you forget to eat? I, I, don't, I don't know how that happens because my body tells me when I need to eat. Somebody say amen. I start feeling weak. I, I start feeling uh, uh, depleted. I start getting a headache. Amen. I start feeling faint. And, and I know, hold on a minute, uh, there's something wrong. Amen. How many know that when you start feeling weak and faint and, and you're out of energy and you feel real tired, that you need to take inventory? Amen. Take inventory that, that man, I haven't eaten today. I got to get something in me that's going to preserve me. Amen. Hunger is put there to preserve us. Amen. It has a purpose in our lives. Somebody say it has a purpose. It has a purpose to let us know when we're empty, when we're depleted, or when we're lacking. Not only do we have a physical hunger, but we have a spiritual hunger. Amen. We have, uh, we have a place on the inside of us that needs to be filled. Just like our belly needs to be filled, there are, there's a place on the inside of each one of us that needs to be filled. It needs, it is, a, when it's lacking, there's a, there's a, there's a signal that goes out. There's a there's an emptiness that you feel on the inside. Whenever you've been uh, separated from your purpose, separated from the Word of God, separated from the plan of God and the purpose of God, there's an emptiness that wells up on the inside of you that's unmistakable. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, a lot of people, when they start feeling hungry, they just get whatever they can. Amen. They, 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 they'll run to the, to the cupboard and grab a granola bar. Amen. Somebody say amen. You know, those aren't really good for you. Look at the content. We think we're eating granola bars and they're good for us because they got granola and they got oats and they got whatever. But look on the back of that. Amen. Look how much sugar is in. Come on. Don't sit on me now. Amen. Some of us, I think we need to go home and clean our cupboards out. Amen. Because we reach for just anything and everything. Amen. But what your body's telling you is I need sustenance. Amen. I need substance. I need something to preserve me. And so what we do is we go to the cupboard to grab anything and well, that we can get our hands on. We don't care of the nutritional value. We don't care about the substance in the food. We just get whatever we can to knock off the hunger, to knock off the edge. Just to make me feel a little bit better. But we have to understand that if we're not eating the right types of food, then that fulfillment of that hunger is not doing what it's supposed to do. In fact, it will cause your body to be even more depleted. And the next time that you feel hungry, you'll feel even more hungry. Amen. And then you'll go and you'll get the sugar, you'll get the donuts, you'll get the cookies, you'll get whatever it is that you like to taste to knock off that hunger, but it's really not meeting the need. We need to eat something of substance. We need to get a hold of some 
some stuff that has some nutritional value that will meet the needs that our body requires. Am I preaching to anybody today? Amen. We get so used to junk that we don't like the taste of real food. Amen. When you eat a lot of sugar, it numbs your ability to taste. Amen. And so when you pick up broccoli, <laughs> men need to eat some broccoli. Russell sprouts, some greens, come on, some kale. How many like kale? <laughs> wow. We got some disciplined people in the house. Because kale, you just don't like kale. Come on, somebody say amen. When you, <laughs> it's an acquired taste. Hey man, I, I, I picked up um, my salad, I I've been having salads for lunch and spinach and, and kale and uh, I take a big bite out of it and I got leaves sticking out of my mouth. And I'm like, I feel like a horse or a cow. Come on, chewing on my could. Amen. It, and I'm like, Man, she didn't put enough dressing in here. Amen. Can I have the whole bottle, please? Right? Anything to make it taste better. Amen. But through the process of time, if you knock out sugar from your diet, hear me. If you knock out sweet tea from your diet. Now, I'm stepping over the line. That's a holy cow. If you cut out Coca-Cola from your diet, amen, or cherry Coke, and you start drinking water again, how many don't like the taste of water? Amen. Nobody's going to be honest. Amen. When you go to get something to drink, do you grab a Coke out of the fridge or you do get in the faucet or in the fridge and grab a bottle of water out? Amen. When we understand the value of things and what's better for me, it's not about the taste. Elbow your neighbor and tell him it's not about the taste. Amen. Because if you're eating things because they taste good, you're eating them for the wrong reason. If you're eating things because that's what tastes good and that's what makes me feel good, then you're eating them from the wrong, for the wrong reasons and you're going to be lacking. You're going to be out of balance. You're going to be depleted because those things that are filled with sugar have no nutritional value in them. But when you understand the value of things that are good for you, when you understand the value of eating that that you don't like or that which don't really taste good, then you'll begin to understand the value of things that have a nutritional value. Amen. And you begin to feel good. I remember I cut out sugar for a couple of months and I began to taste my food again and water began to taste good and I began to feel strong and I only required about seven hours of sleep. I'd wake up when the sun came up and I would be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to attack the day because I was getting what I needed from my food. I was eating the right stuff. Am I preaching to anybody? Amen. How many know sin tastes good? 
Amen. There's pleasure in sin for a season. Amen. It, it, it feels good. It tastes good. Amen. In the moment. But then when you start reaping the benefits and the rewards of what sowing sin in your life brings, then you begin to be looking at your life and begin to start having regrets about the way that you're living and the things that you're doing. You sit down and eat a 12-pack of donuts. And it tastes good. Oh. Hey, man, I like the jelly-filled kind. Raspberry filling with the powdered sugar on the top. <laughs> and when you bite it, the juice of the, the jelly squeezing out the side. My mouth's watering. Hey, man, we can all identify with that. Hey, man, because it tastes good. Somebody say it tastes good. And you know when you eat a lot of sugar that your body puts out endorphins out of your brain and causes a feeling in your body that you don't get from other foods. But after you eat about 12 of them, you're like, oh, that was a bad decision. Amen. It don't take you very long to figure out, oh, man, I'm about to have cardiac arrest Amen. I'm uh, I'm sick. How many's ever eaten so much that you're sick? So much of the good stuff that you get sick. Too much honey. Come on, will cause the belly to be sick. Too much of the honeycomb. We need to understand that that we got to live in moderation in every areas every area of our life, and understand that the things that taste good are not good for us. The things that we desire the most, entertainment. Come on, how many desire to be entertained? The first thing you do when you walk through the door of your house is you click on the television because you can't stand a couple moments alone with your own mind. You have a desire to be entertained. Come on, somebody. How many know that the things that taste good, the things that feel good are not the things that are going to give you what you need. There has to be some discipline developed in our lives where we desire the good things again. We desire the Word of God. We desire prayer. We desire the presence of God. We desire church. Somebody say, he's preaching good. Amen. No matter how much sin you eat, it will always leave you empty. Amen. It can never reach that place on the inside of you that is created for God. Amen. There's a spiritual side of us that needs food. Amen. There's a, there's a place of spirit that needs to be fed, that needs to be fulfilled, that needs, th those needs have to be met. You, and uh, there are, there's a deep emptiness on the inside of us that develops that, that, that nothing can touch. Amen. That's why we reach for alcohol and we reach for drugs and we reach for entertainment and we reach for pleasure because there's something empty on the inside and we don't know what it is and we don't know how to reach it. So we reach for 
something to try to meet that need and to cover up that pain. But when that thing wears off, there's a deeper emptiness on the inside of us because we've done something to try to do it ourselves. And it leaves us feeling the depths of despair and the depths of darkness. Come on. Am I preaching to anybody? It will not fulfill you. That thing that you're reaching for doesn't have the power to meet the need. It doesn't have the power to reach into your spirit and give you what you need. There's only one thing that'll meet that need, and that's the presence of God. That's the word of God. That's the spirit of the living God. Can anybody feel that this morning? Amen. God is reaching for somebody. Amen. When you start feeling hunger, there's a craving. Amen. There's an urgent need that's created on the inside of us. It causes a weakened condition. Amen. And it's brought about by lack. Amen. There's a, there's a strong desire or there's an emptiness on the inside of us that develops. What does it mean to be empty? Have you ever heard anybody say that? I'm empty. I just feel empty. Amen. I, I, I just feel, I, I just feel like there, there's nothing in there, like, a, uh, like I don't have anything to offer. I just feel like that my life has no purpose. Come on. I just feel like that uh, there, there's nothingness here, that, that, that there's there, that no matter what I do, that there's a nothingness there. There's a, well, what's the point of all this? Come on. A emptiness will lead you to start looking around and questioning even the very existence of God. Amen. It'll start causing you to question the very existence of your life. Amen. What is the point of my life? Why, why am I even here? Why am I going through this? I don't even understand what the point of all of this is. Amen. You're empty on the inside. You're void of purpose. You're void of that spiritual connection with God that only he can feel. And I'm going to tell you right now, when you step into the presence of the Lord, somebody feels it right now, and you start feeling that spiritual connection, and you start understanding that life is not about the world around me. That life is about the one who sits on the throne. And if I can have nothing that this world has to offer, but if I have him, I have everything that I need. Amen. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. I've been down to nothing. I've been without money. I've been out without purpose, without love, without relationship. But when I found Jesus, he filled every void. His spirit reached down to the depths of my being and met the need in my life. Somebody say amen. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. No matter what we do, only the Lord can fill it. Amen. When God put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, he gave them a commandment, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Amen. Eve started hanging around the tree, looking at the tree talking to the serpent hanging from the tree. How many know the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field? And he can make anything look appealing. Come on. He can make it look appealing. He can make it sound appealing. And he can make it feel appealing. 
Amen. And he did. And Eve took the bait. She ate of the tree. She broke the commandment of God. She took it to Adam. And she said, see, I ate of it and nothing happened to me. And he ate of the tree. Amen. And when God called him on it, Adam said, it's that woman you gave me. Read it. It was all, everything was fine and dandy until she convinced me to do that. Amen. And Eve said, it was that serpent that caused me to do that. Amen. How many know their first response was to blame somebody else? Amen. But really, the fact of the matter is, we have to take responsibility for our actions. Amen. There may be circumstances and situations in your life that have caused you to be empty or to be wounded or left you abused or void of relationship. But understand, you're responsible for your own decisions. You're responsible for your life and your life is valuable. Amen. You know, Brother Terry, when I, when I was younger, uh, I, I never really understood the value of life. When you're young, you think you're invincible. Amen. You eat any way you want to eat, and you stay skinny. And then you take those ha habits into adulthood, and it don't turn out too good. <laughs> Amen. And when you get to a certain point in your life, and your body's depleted, and your health is failing, then you begin to realize, hold on a minute, I should have done things a little bit differently. Amen. Because the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We have to understand the value of this life. Some of us, uh, the reason that we're, we're killing ourselves or we, we, are, we are abusing ourselves is because we don't understand the value of this life. And when you don't have any purpose, you don't think there's any reason to treat your life with value. But I came to tell you today that the things that you're doing are destroying you. God's got purpose for your life, and he sent me here to tell you to stop doing what you're doing. Amen. Praise God. So Adam and Eve sinned. The Bible says that the voice of God came walking in the cool of the day. Adam. Adam, where are you at? Where art thou? Adam's hiding. Adam! You know, when God's calling your name and looking for you, it's not because he can't find you. We're so silly sometimes. I remember playing hide and seek with my little toddlers. Two years old. They, they loved to play hide and seek. And they would say, Dad, you count. And I, they'd take off running. And they'd say, I'd, ready, I'd count to ten, ready or not, here I come. And I'd go looking around the room. And they, they'd be in the corner. <laughs> because they think if, if, if they can't see me, And I can't see them. And I'd be like, 
I wonder where they're at. Wow, this is a good hiding place they got. Man, I can't find them walking all around them. Just because you can't see God doesn't mean that he can't see you. And you think it's silly that a toddler would do that. But that's what you're doing when you try to hide from God. Amen. We hide. Why do we hide from God? Think about it. Yeah, because of how we feel on the inside. We think that the way we feel on the inside, that God is doing that to us, or that's how he feels about us. And that's not the truth. That is a lie. That is a lie. The fact that he came looking for Adam is enough to tell me, regardless of what you've done, yeah, you broke the commandment, you didn't listen to my word, you did things you shouldn't have done, and the way you feel on the inside is guilt and shame and darkness, and you don't think that you could ever recover, but hear me this morning, that God came looking for Adam. He didn't give up on Adam because he failed, but he started making a way for him to be restored. He came looking for Adam. Don't hide in your darkness and think that God don't know where you're at. It's time to step out into the light and say, here I am, here I am, here I am. I can't stay in this emptiness anymore. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. Amen. Elbow your neighbor and tell him, quit hiding from God. Amen. Now elbow him again and tell him, he knows where you're at. He knows you're in the corner with your eyes covered. He knows you're trying to cover yourself with fig leaves. He knows that you're trying to make it seem like it's okay when it's not. Come on. You're trying to find some other thing to cover up the pain. Some of us, it's not drugs and alcohol. Maybe it's money and success. Maybe it's power. Maybe it's living the life that you want to live and not the life that God has purposed for you to live. Come on. We can try to fill ourselves with the life that we desire to live and, and, and be satisfied with it. But there will come a time in your life when that is not enough and you'll come looking for more. Hear me, there's got to be a moment when you realize, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added. Amen. The rich young ruler came to the Lord. He said, Lord, what do I do? What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? I want you to hear me this morning. Keep all the commandments. He said, I've done that even from my youth. The Lord didn't argue with him. He said, one thing you lack. Go and sell everything that you have. <laughs> wow. That's what he said. Read it. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And come and follow me. And the Bible says that the man went away sorrowful because it was a great thing that he was asking of him. And he had many possessions. 
Amen. But he went away sorrowful, not able to fulfill what the Lord was asking him to do. Come on. That stuff can't meet the need. That shouldn't be the main focus of our world. That should not meet, be the main goal of our life. It will leave you empty. How many know if riches increase? He said, don't set your heart on it because the things that we have uh, that we can lay our eyes on are temporal. That means they're changeable. They can be changed. They can be taken away. You can wake up tomorrow and it can all be gone. And if you set your hope on the possessions and the things of this life, it will leave you empty. At some point in your life, it will abandon you, but the word of the Lord never will. The call of God won't. The anointing of the Lord will never abandon you. Amen. That wasn't even in my notes. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many know that there was a famine in the land? What's that mean? That means there's no rain. And when there's no rain, there's some side effects of not having any rain. The ground dries up. Everything that has life withers in a, in a drought. Amen. And a famine is caused by a lack of production of that which is valuable or that which sustains life. Man, that'll preach. Amen. How many know there's a famine in the land? Not of natural food at this point, but there's a famine in the land of spiritual food. Amen. There is a famine in the land. People are empty and desiring something of substance. Somebody say amen. There was a famine in the land and, and, there was a, a famine that caused Jacob and his sons to be in need. They were okay until the famine came. They were just going about their life until the famine arose. Until it quit raining. Amen. But how many know in Egypt it was already prophesied? Amen. How many know Joseph interpreted the dream for Pharaoh and prepared Egypt to feed the whole known world around them? Amen. That in the midst of the drought and the famine, God provided because God declares the ending from the beginning and he's not surprised by circumstances when they arise in your life. But he knows how to prepare you for your future. Somebody say amen. And if you're walking in the word of the Lord, there is a preparation. There's a prophetic word that goes before you. There's divine providence that prepares the way for people that are led of the spirit of God. Joseph was led of the Spirit of God. And he was able to prepare Egypt for the drought. But it was the drought that caused Jacob and his sons to get hungry. Amen. They went looking for some food in the cupboard. Nothing there. Only a little bit left. We're going to have to figure something out. I got to do something. I can't go on living like this. Amen. If this is all I have to live on, it's not going to be too long until that runs out. 
Amen. Some of us are okay living where we're at because we're satisfied in the moment. Amen. But hear the word of the Lord this morning. There will come a time when that will not satisfy or that will not meet the need. Come on. There will come a time when that which you thought was valuable and of substance will run out and you'll be hungry and you'll be looking for something that only the Lord can give. And how many know that one of them spoke up and said, I hear there's corn in Egypt. Okay, I want you to go to Egypt and get us some food. Here's some money. So the brothers take off. They all go to Egypt except for the youngest brother. And they're looking for food. And they show up there and there's food there. Amen. There's a, a lot of food there. There's a lot of people there getting food. A lot of needs being met there. Amen. Because there's corn in Egypt. There's a preparation that's been made. Amen. They weren't just depending on their own mind and their own intellect. There was something made. There was a prayer made. There was a prophetic word made. There was some obedience done. There was some obedience fulfilled. Come on. They didn't eat up all they had. They put it in the storehouse like Bishop preached. They put it in the storehouse and they kept it for a day when they would need it. Amen. And how many know that when when the when the when it got when everybody got hungry around that they ran to Egypt because there was something of substance there. Amen. There was something to be had. There was something to meet the need. Amen. How many, there, there are some people under the sound of my voice this morning that the very thing that brought you to the house of the Lord today was the hunger that you feel on the inside and you heard that there was corn at the anchor church. You heard that there was something of substance here, something that would help me in my future. Amen. This is so good. Joseph's sitting there. Watching all the people come through. And he's he's in his Egyptian garb. Okay. He don't look like the boy. Those of you who don't know, his brothers sold him into slavery years before. He had favor on his life. His father gave him a coat of many colors. They stripped him of his garment. They, they put him in a pit. They sold him into slavery. They, they put blood on his garment and told his father that Joseph was dead. Joseph went off to Egypt uh, behind a, a wagon train, uh, tied to the wagon train, not going where he wanted to go, but going where he was being sent. He didn't desire to go there, but he was going where the plan of God sent him. Somebody say amen. amen. And so Joseph is, is in Egypt, and he has rose uh, to second in command. He's over all the food in Egypt. And he's watching the line as people come through, and there's his brothers, the same ones that betrayed him. He knows who they are. He's watching them. He can speak their language. Nobody else knows their language, but Joseph is a Hebrew. And so as they're talking to each other in the Hebrew tongue, he's listening and he knows what they're saying. He knows who they are and where they're at, but they have no idea who he is. He has prepared that way for them. 
The whole purpose of him going through what he went through and struggles and rising to second in command. The whole purpose of that was to prepare a way for the, the Israelites, for his family, for his lineage, for the people that were starving in the famine. The whole purpose of him being there was for them and they had no idea who he was. Amen. You know, the, the, the price that Jesus paid, the stripes that he took on his back, being nailed to the cross, being dead, and being in the tomb for three days, and then rising on the third day, he did all that for us. He prepared the way for us, even though we don't know who he is or didn't know who he was. While we were afar off, yet we were made nigh by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Even when we didn't know who he was, he was going to use our emptiness and the famine in our life uh, to bring us to a place uh, that we could know him. Man, that's powerful. He's watching them. He approaches them. He starts speaking to them through an interpreter. <laughs> Amen. He's not speaking directly to them. He's speaking in the Egyptian language. And they're speak they only understand Hebrew, but there's a there's an interpreter right there that's trying to interpret. He doesn't let them know that he knows who they are. Amen. He doesn't let them know that he knows what they're saying. Come on. He doesn't let them know that that he has what they need. They already know that. But he made his presence felt in their life so that he could meet the need, right? How many know it was the need, the reason they came to him? It was the hunger. It was the emptiness. It was the lack in their life that brought them to Egypt. Amen. It was the lack in their bellies. It was the, their empty sacks that brought them to Egypt. It was, it was their lack of having what they needed that brought them to the place where Joseph could see them again and realize them again and, and see where they're at and what they're going through and listen to their, to their cries. Amen. How many know that it's our emptiness that brings us before God? We don't even know who he is. We don't even know what he can do. We don't even know that, that he is our kins, kinsman redeemer. We don't even know that he's in the bloodline, that, he, that we are in his bloodline, that all we know is that we're hungry. I came to the Lord because I was hungry. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? I was empty on the inside. Amen. Joseph gave them what they needed. I'm not going to go through the whole story. Send him away. He said, when you come back, you need to bring back your youngest brother. If you don't bring back your youngest brother, I'm going to think you're liars and I'm going to count you as spies. I'm going to have you executed. Amen. And so they went home with their sacks full. You know, Simeon stayed in Egypt. I was reading that this morning and I was... Shocked, Simeon said, I'll stay. I'm keeping one of you here so that you'll come back. You know, Simeon stayed in Egypt the whole time that they went home. Simeon stayed in Egypt and was like a, uh, a ransom. Yeah, he was a hostage for their sake. 
so that they could get what they needed. I was thinking about that. I was like, you know what? The whole time, they were gone a while. They went home because their sacks were full. And they forgot all about Simeon being in Egypt. There's not another word mentioned about him. Because when we're, our sacks are full, man, we'll let, we'll let anybody pay the price for our sacks being full. Won't we? Think of the people that we have used to get our sacks full. Think of the people that we have abused to get our sacks full. The relationships that we have destroyed to get our sacks full. Amen. How many know it was that that sent Joseph to Egypt in the first place? Amen. But they hadn't learned anything. They went home full, but Simeon's still in jail. Simeon is in jail. Uh, he paid for their release and their, for them to get what they needed and their sustenance, and they just forgot about him. I want to tell you right now, there's going to be a time where a day of reckoning comes, uh, where there's going to be emptiness, uh, and God's going to bring us back uh, to our past. I'm not trying to scare you, but there will be a moment when you have to apologize. <laughs> Amen. Let's move on. Their sacks again began to get empty. Amen. Joseph, Jacob said, "It's time, guys. We got to we got to go back and get more food. There's no food anywhere. We we there's no corn. We got to go back and get." And get corn. We're, we're going to starve to death on what we have. We can't live like this. We got to go. And, and, and Reuben speaks up and says, I know, Dad, but I told you that if we go back, we got to take Benjamin with us. Amen. He, he already told us that if we don't take Benjamin with us, we won't be able to get what we need. We got to take Benjamin with us. And so after a little bit of convincing, the father says, okay, go ahead, take Benjamin with you. So they took Benjamin with them, and, and when Joseph saw his brethren coming, and he saw that they had Benjamin with him, that he brought Simeon out of the prison and met them. Amen. Because having your sack full is important. But having relationships restored is even more important. How many know the relationships are above the sack? But sometimes the emptiness is just a way God uses to get the relationships restored. Amen. There are some relationships that have been destroyed because of bad decisions, things that you have done, but God's going to use the emptiness and bringing you back to the house of God. Uh, he's going to bring restoration to those relationships. He's going to bring healing. Sometimes the healing on the inside of us cannot occur until those relationships are restored. That's a scary place for some of us because that means we have to admit that we've been wrong. means that we have to be honest where we've lied. I'm, I know it's hard, but that's sometimes that's the way of it. I believe in repentance and the forgiveness of sins, but there's more to, to, to life than just having your sins washed away. God wants to heal you. 
He wants to heal you on the inside. And sometimes the only way he can do that is when you're repairing the relationships that have been destroyed. He meets with his brother and he has a feast with them. The Bible says he gives them a mess of food. Amen. I like when people give me a mess of food. <laughs> when I used to go to my mom's and eat dinner every Sunday, uh, I would, she'd make meatloaf. That's my favorite. I pass that on to my kids too. Come on, laugh. It's okay. I'd, I'd load my plate up, and I'd put the mashed potatoes on there, and I'd put the corn and the green beans, and I'd put it all on top of it, man, so I could mix it. It was a mess of food. That's what I picture. Amen. Amen. He's feeding them to the fullest. But to Benjamin, he gives five times the amount. Joseph did that to see their reaction to their youngest brother. Because they had sold, they thought he was dead. They, had, he, they still don't know who he is. Amen. He is, he is testing their attitude toward their younger brother. He is testing their spirit towards him. Amen. Have you changed it all? Has the emptiness in your life caused you to be less selfish? Come on, because emptiness on the inside and living that way and understand the, the, the pain and the suffering that comes from bad decisions will cause you to care about the people around you. Come on, it'll cause you to be less selfish and want to help somebody else. And the decision that they made to destroy Joseph's life has weighed on them for years. It has weighed them down to the point that the only way that they can restore it is through their younger brother, Benjamin. Their selfishness has taken a back seat and they care more about Benjamin than they do about themselves. Come on. And when Joseph saw that, he was moved in his spirit because there's something that moves the heart of God when you're broken and you got a contrite spirit. There's something that moves the heart of God when you're sorry for your sin. There's something that moves the heart of God when you're looking for restoration. Amen. He filled their sacks again. He sent them on their way. But he put a silver cup in the bag of Benjamin, and he sent his guards after him. He sent them away only to bring them back under arrest. I'm thankful for the times that the Lord brought me back under arrest. Amen. I'm thankful for the times when he pulled me back into the house of God when I didn't really have a choice. How many thankful for that? That the circumstances dictated no other choice. Amen. Pulled them back into his presence because he loves them. And the whole time they think they're going through what they're going through because he hates them. It's not the, it's not the case. And it's revealed in, in the passage in 45, 1 through 8, the Bible says that when he brings them back, that he's going to put Benjamin in prison. And the brothers begin to pull.
pull him aside and say, no, 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 hold on a minute. Let me confess my sins to you. We had another brother at one point in our life and we did him wrong. We had another brother that we, that, 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 that he's probably dead right now because of the things that we've done and we're, we're not okay about it. We cannot let that happen to a Benjamin. We can't let that happen again. And the Bible says that Joseph was so moved with compassion of their care for Benjamin that he was willing to reveal himself and who he was to his brothers. And he said, I am Joseph. The whole purpose of the emptiness. Hear me. The whole purpose of the pain and the suffering and the famine and the struggle is for one reason. So that he could reveal himself to you. Amen. At this point, you haven't known who he was. At this point, they didn't know who he was. All they knew that he had control of everything. Uh, come on, all they knew. But when Joseph started talking to them in the Hebrew tongue and he took off the mask, come on, somebody, and he revealed who he really was. Oh my. They still think that Joseph revealed himself to them to destroy him. Amen. But Joseph began to tell them, You didn't do this to me. God did this to me. You didn't send me to Egypt. God sent me to Egypt. Amen. There's been times in my life where I have, I have begged God for forgiveness. And I've, I've, I've begged him to forgive me for my sin. And my sin, nailing him to the cross. My sin, preparing those nails for him. My sin, causing him to go where he didn't necessarily want to go. My sin, that caused him to pay the price. Amen. It was my sin, but I can hear the Lord calling out right now. It wasn't your sin that sent me to the cross. It was the plan of God. It was the purpose of God. It was the will of God for me to prepare a way so that you could know me and who I am and my plan for your life. It had to be emptiness because we wouldn't yield to any other. It had to be lack. Let me be honest with you this morning. I'm almost done. I don't find very many people. When they come to God, they have everything that they need. Everything that they need. Or that all their relationships are going right. And everything's just a-okay. It just don't happen. Because as long as everything is going just... We don't need Him. But when the bag gets empty, come on, when we start feeling that emptiness on the inside, when we start experiencing the lack, then we start reaching for the Lord. And I want to tell you this morning, don't waste that. That's a gift from God. The fact that we even desire him 
is a gift from him. The fact that I even had a desire to be in church today is a gift from God. Amen. Uh, the other night, I was, we were talking to Anthony and Amanda. Uh, they've been coming for about a month, and I hope they're watching online. If you are, I hope you're having a good vacation. Uh, they're in Florida right now on vacation. And uh, um, I was talking to Amanda, and she told me, she said, Pastor, um, I have never really went to church in my life. She said, I was, uh, I was sitting in church last Thursday, and, and I was thinking about where I'd been. And I thought, I can't believe I'm in church on a Thursday night. And she said, so I just started thanking God for giving me a desire to be in church on a Thursday night because it's never been the case in my life and it is exactly what I needed. Come on, somebody. Amen. You don't even know God. You don't know why you're feeling what you're feeling. You don't even know his name and what he has prepared for you. Oh, you know that you're empty and it brought you to the house of God this morning. And I want to tell you, he let you come today so that you could come to know him, so that you can realize who he is and the plan that he has for your life. It's not just about filling your sack. He's got a place for you in the kingdom. Stand with me all around the building. Amen. Elbow your neighbor and tell him there's a place for you in his kingdom. He said, he said, I'm Joseph. And I ain't mad at you. Amen. Elbow your neighbor and tell him he ain't mad at you. <laughs> He's not out to destroy you. If God wanted you destroyed, you would already be long gone. But there's a scripture in the Bible where it says he devised means <laughs> that the banished be not expelled. Amen. He devises means. That means he comes up with a plan so that people that have been separated from him don't have to continue that way but they can come back to him. Amen. The whole purpose of Joseph's antics is for that relationship to be restored. So they would understand the hand of God, not only in his life, but in their lives. He said, hold on a minute. I want you to go back to that barren place and I want you to get your families Come on. I want you to go get your families. Go get your wives, your children, and get our father. And you're coming to live with me. There's a place that's been prepared for you. How many know the land of Goshen was prepared in Egypt for the Israelites? It was the best land, the best of the land of Egypt. And it was set aside for Joseph's family. Jeremiah 29, 11, my favorite scripture in the whole Bible. I've been through some hard times in my life. I've been through some struggles. I've leaned on this word. 
For I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. <laughs> you're not supposed to die in the famine. You're not, you're not supposed to die of the hunger. But there's a place prepared that you're expected to get to. And it might have taken hunger to get you here this morning. Or it might have taken you pain to get to that place of repentance that you needed. But the whole purpose of it is that so you could know who he is. Amen. And he's here this morning to reveal himself to us. I wonder if we can lift our hands and just begin to pray right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, tell him right now, just you and him. God, my heart is open to you. My heart is open to you, Lord. My heart is open to you. I don't understand what I'm going through. I don't understand why I feel what I feel, but I understand what the preacher's saying. That you have made a way. You have come looking for me, and you've made a way for me to know you. I don't know who you are, but I want to know who you are. God, I've come with an empty sack. And my main concern up until this point has been for you to heal the wound and to meet the need of my life. But God, there's something on the inside of me that's empty, Lord, and I want to be restored. God, I want to be restored to a relationship with you. And my heart is open this morning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's people under the sound of my voice. Your way of life has destroyed relationships. But God's going to restore them. God's going to bring you back so you can face those things, so you can be totally and completely restored and healed. Come on, the whole purpose of the emptiness that you're feeling is so that he can bring you full circle back to a place where you can receive total and complete healing. It's going to happen, mark my words. Come on, if you're empty this morning, I open this altar. Why don't you find your way? If you're a saint of God and you've gotten lax in your relationship with him, whatever it is, if you've made some mistakes and you're empty on the inside and you're not sure where to go from here, understand today that there's a part of Jesus that he wants to reveal to you. He wants to restore you. He wants to meet the need. He wants to fill your sack. He wants to be your friend. He wants to take off his mask and let you know that I am the Lord that healeth thee and I have a plan to restore your life. I have a plan to restore your family. I have a plan to restore all that's been lost. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, Thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.